This week on Honey, You Should Watch This, Susan had us watch 1978's Best Picture Runner-Up, Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. And without giving too much away, all I can say is, I got supered. to another episode of Honey, You Should Watch This, a podcast where a husband, that would be him, and a wife, that would be me, um, pick each uh, movies that the other one would not normally watch, and then we watch them together, and then we come on here, and then we sorely disappoint each other because we've picked the <laughs> wrong movies. <laughs> yes, welcome back to the podcast <laughs> where one of us doesn't like twins. <laughs> And it ain't me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> so uh, I don't think that would have been a best picture contender, but I think maybe the probably the best song, right? Sarcasm. Puberty. Oh, that was... Uh, no, don't, please no. don't sing it. I looked up the lyrics so I could serenade you, and I, I can't find them, so that, you're lucky. You're very lucky. <laughs> <laughs> lucky, it's or I'm so going to get to have life tomorrow. It's Huh? Lucky or I'm going to get to have life tomorrow. Have life? Like, oh. Still be living. Are you a tomato? Will you explode? I don't know. I'm not a potato. I said tomato. And I said potato. (laughs) That's the song, right? You say tomato, I say potato. (laughs) I'm not a princess. I'm a potato. Oh, uh, you can see where this is going from Uh, now. Well, I mean, it'll, it'll fit right in with our, with our, with our uh, pick this week, so yeah. So, how are you doing this week? I uh, am okay. How are you this you're week? Okay, yeah. You actually had the attack of something else. Yeah, not the tomato. Yeah, that's yeah. That's neither here nor there. Yeah. <laughs> Regardless to say, we had a little bit of health problems this week. No, we did not have health problems. Yes, you did. <laughs> no, we didn't. Moving on. <laughs> Moving on. Okay. Sorry. That's okay. Look, HIPAA rules, damn it. HIPAA rules. Hippo <laughs> HIPPO rules? Yeah. That's what they told HIPPO's me. HIPPO's rule. They say you're a hippo, and I'm like, I rule. <laughs> so once again, the cats have no interest in my office at all until you come and sit down, and now it's, oh, what's this? Can I smell this? Can I touch this? Let me lay on this. Let me shed on this. Let me pee on this. Can I spray that? <laughs> <sighs> they don't, they're not like they don't pee. Are you sure? <laughs> Well, not around the house. Okay. I mean, other than in their litter box, but okay. <laughs> yeah, I'd say I'm the cat whisperer, but I don't think that that's necessarily true because they don't exactly do things I want them to do. I don't so. know if I could call you the cat whisperer when I can hear you from the other side of the house talking to them. <laughs> <laughs> cat yeller. God damn it! Stop scratching. <laughs> okay. All right. You ready to get into this? I I masterpiece. Sure. Why not? <laughs> Okay, so um, why'd you have me watch this? I wish I had a good answer for that. <laughs> I can answer it for you. Oh, no. <laughs> no, no. 
Because it's something that you saw a long time ago, it is, and it and yeah. it and it sat proper with you. It just it just you remembered you remembered it being better than it was, but it like to be fair, it, it we laughed out loud several times. Yeah, we did. Okay. I, we did. I have not seen this. I had not seen it since high school, and there were some parts I remember clear as a bell. There are other parts that I'm like, I don't even recall seeing this. So maybe I just wasn't paying attention, but there were a few jokes that kind of stuck. Should, and, should I say it? What? You saw this in high school? Yeah. Did they have talkies back then? <gasps> wow. <laughs> that's, that's my... <laughs> Come on. You can't lob me softballs and expect me not to hit it. I'm that's just kidding. Not even li- I'm just kidding. That's not fair. Um, it's not fair. You're right. I don't, there are certain parts I don't remember of it. There are parts that I remember that were fun. There were parts that I remember that were funny, funny. And then there were parts that I remembered that I thought would be funnier and they're not. Um, so. Even if you eh, saw this in high school though, yeah. it was still about 10 years old then when you saw it. Right. Yeah. I figured we, you know, it's been a while since we've done a B movie. So let's do a B movie. We um, just did. I'm going to get is, you, sucker. Well, I, yeah, <laughs> no, well, that's a parody of like other B movies. So this I is know. a parody of other B movies. So I guess, yeah, that's the other reason too. It's all right. Um, so, okay. I'm not angry. I that, had more th- forethought than I thought I did. I'm not but, angry that I watched it. I, I mean, I mean, it is what it is. It's, it's, it. Everybody knows what it is mm-hmm. because it is what it was. So it's, well, it's no big deal. I settled in, um, and and when you started it, I was like, oh, okay, because like the first. I am a third, maybe less than third of the movie was actually promising, right? I, we were actually laughing quite a bit. But I think once you got into the actual story where you had the task force and the reporter and then the other thing, you know, the, the other areas of intrigue, which we'll get into, I guess, into the summary, I felt it was like it got worse. I, and almost- I was kind of hoping it would get better. <laughs> This movie, I, I would, I would say, I, I would call this movie a poorly trained distance runner. Okay, <laughs> so he gets he gets to the line. Let's say let's say we're gonna run. Let's say let's say you're gonna run the mile. Okay. All right, and the first lap, he's like thirty seconds ahead of everybody. He's hauling, hauling he's screaming, ass, screaming. But when that second lap hit, he was yeah. like, "I'm all done. Yeah. I'm, I'm out." And I feel like there's probably a couple things. That once we get into it, that might have uh, mm-hmm. changed that a little bit as far as this movie went. But it just, yeah. it, all its pop was up front, and then it was just like, um, okay. Especially when they started singing. Well, yeah. one of the songs I didn't mind. Okay. One of the songs I didn't mind, but we, we'll get we'll get to that. Yeah, okay. I, I, it wasn't. It, it definitely wasn't like you know Philadelphia by Bruce Springsteen, okay. but it was acceptable at least. <laughs> All right, so um, I'll get into a very brief, brief, hopefully summary. I, I, I probably nicked most of this off of if, Wikipedia. If so this summary is this more way. than two sentences, it's too much. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's too much. Um, so this is a 19... Uh, Attack of the Killer Tomatoes is a 1978 parody of B-movies. So uh, the film starts with like a series of attacks uh, on people by tomatoes um you know including one that uh parodies um jaws which was the big thing right yeah and that that time um a the president while this is all going on the president's press secretary uh jim Murchison tries to convince the public that there's no credible threat um and the president also pulls together a team of 
is it crack specialist or specialist on crack? Hold on. Okay. I um, think it's a little bit of column A <laughs> and a little bit of column B. So uh, these people are put together to stop the tomatoes. It's led by a man named Mason Dixon, <laughs> and his uh, team includes Sam Smith, a disguise ex- expert, uh, uh, scuba diver Greg Colburn, and Greta Adelbaum, a Olympic swimmer, um, and parachute-toting soldier Wilbur Finletter. Um, a newspaper gets hold of some leaked sub, uh, Senate subcommittee documents and sends Lois Fairchild on the story who follows Dixon. There's also a mass assassin trying to get Dixon as well. Um, we lose a couple of our uh, crack team, team on crack. Um, uh, we lose Sam Smith, the disguise ex- expert, as he uh, infiltrates the tomatoes camp um, and makes a huge mistake. Um, and that gets him killed. Uh, Greta is also killed, and I don't know what happened to the scuba diver. I can't remember. The scuba diver just went swimming in the fountain, and in he was gone. In the fountain, and then he was gone. Okay. Um, Finn Letter sticks around, though. Um, so we do get this great scene where uh, Dixon ends up uh, chasing uh, the assassin in the slowest car chase I've ever seen, um, <sighs> which has since been copied, I guess, by other comedies, which is really strange. Um, Dixon is eventually knocked out by his own car and awakening. He found himself captured by Richardson. Um, though he, Richardson did not create the killer tomatoes. He's figured out how to control them. Uh, but Finletter kills Richardson before he can tell Dixon. But Dixon finally figures it out that tomatoes retreat to the sound puberty love. Um, so he orders the remaining people of Jesus the city. Christ. To, and get to get into one stadium and they play puberty love which shrinks the attacking tomatoes and they can stomp them all out and um there's a little love scene at the end which is really ridiculous and you know yeah there that we was go. that was not the song that i liked no um so yeah <laughs> that's kind of attack of the killer tomatoes it's just ridiculous and silly um, you know, I think it, it got help, it helped by the fact that, um, airplane came out about the same year. Um, <laughs> this, this movie comes off to me as like the type of movie that you would be playing like in the background at a frat party in, in the late seventies. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was just something on that people would drink, they were, they were drinking and partying there, have, Oh, look at that. Ha ha You know, and, or, or, and, and it's got probably cult classic status simply because it's a movie that you can sit around with people that you're like. You can play drinking games to it, you know, every time you see something horrible wrong, you know, or right. or stu- that. Well, I think once they got um, films into the film into distribution and stuff like that, it 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 got helped by, you know, a lot of I wouldn't say similar films, but films that it, it the tomatoes paired well uh, together <laughs> with better um, like they would do, you know, um, double, double features, features. of. Mm-hmm. Attack of the Killer Tomatoes and Rocky Horror Picture Show and, and things like that. So it's in similar veins of yep. silliness and, and counter, not counterculture, but cult cult status. So there we go. Yeah. So what did you expect? Um, and then what did you think I, about I, it? I expected a cheesy, a cheesy uh, comedy. I, I yeah. expected a, an airplane style type wannabe movie. I mean, I, I knew of this movie. I kind of always wanted to see this movie. It's just never one of those movies that you're like, oh, I'll put this on. You know what I mean? There's always like something else higher on the on the queue. 
I, it was kind of what I expected. I will be honest with you, it was not as good as I expected. No. Just, no. just because, I mean, when it, when a movie, I mean, when you stop and think that this movie is what, 40, 40 43, 44 yeah. years old now? Yeah. Um, to have that kind of longevity, mm-hmm. you would expect it to be a movie that you could watch multiple times like Airplane. I don't think it, you know, not to ruin early later, but I'm not sure that it's like that, but it's it's got cult status from uh, somehow. Yeah, I mean, these are guys who did this on their own. Um, they, you know, didn't have the... I guess I don't want to say benefit because sometimes the studios can screw things up, but have, you know, a d- decent um, foresight to, to edit things down and, and things like that. Like I said, I had high hopes when we started it because I was cringing and I'm like, he's going to hate this. He's going to hate this because um, I couldn't really remember um, a lot of it, but I figured we'd give it a shot. And um, in the beginning, I was like, OK, all right. Like, yeah, okay, it's kind of fine. But there's parts you could, I just, I just was like, I, can we fast forward through this? This is annoying. I would have. <laughs> this is irritating. <laughs> first 20, maybe the first 20, 25 minutes, if they'd have given me a movie that was like 65 minutes that was that good, mm-hmm. I would have been like two thumbs up. Yeah. But after that first 25 minutes, it was, they, they were trying to develop the story, but they weren't developing the story. Yeah. And the gags were so few and far in between. Right. That it just, it really did drag. Yeah. I And I think they got, it got too convoluted. Um, you know, in the beginning, it was just like they were kind of setting up some of the premise. So you're okay with like a paper thin storyline and they could throw in all that silly stuff. Um, you know, when they were at the... Um, where I don't know where they were supposed to be. Were they supposed to be at the Pentagon? I, I get when they were meeting, you know, in the tiny, the teeny tiny war room. No, they were they were somewhere out in California. They were somewhere out in California. But you know, when they've got like, um, like sight gags where this guy comes out of a lab and he, you can tell he splashed chemicals in his eyes and he goes running out to the fountain, the water fountain, and he's he's got to sit there and wait behind somebody who's actually taking a drink. <laughs> just things like that that are just. Um, Kind of, kind of funny. You could chuckle at them. Um, We're probably silly, extremely silly word funny. Play. Probably extremely funny back then. Yeah, it, yeah. Because, because I think I mean, there wasn't a lot of movies like this before Airplane, was there? Uh, I, I mean, of, you know, you had police files on TV, mm-hmm. and you had those stupid comedies, but you really didn't go for it in movies. Yeah, very I'd, often. I'd have to look that up because I mean, obviously. You've got a higher degree of that in some of the Mel Brooks movies, and and uh, you know, but it's a lot more satirical. This is this was where, yeah. they, where they were trying to head with satire. It it didn't quite land the way. Well, it Mel could Brooks, have. Mel Brooks back then we 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 we, we would be talking about what uh, Blazing Saddles and um, Young Frankenstein and movies yeah. like that. Those movies were funny because they were funny. They weren't funny because they were stupid. You know what I right. mean? Right. These were yeah. These 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 were movies like like Airplane. It's right. got some of the greatest lines ever in the history of comedy. But they're like, and don't call me Shirley. I mean that's stupid. It's right. funny, right. but it's stupid. Whereas well, they that kind of wordplay they did have in there. It's, at, it was the beginning. highly offensive. <laughs> well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was offensive for now. It wasn't offensive it was, back then. It was very much cringeworthy. I'm going to I'm going to laugh. I'm going to tell you I laughed out loud when they were that that was really really smart on in my opinion, but yeah, offensive, <laughs> but it was it was smart for back do, then. Do you want to share one of them or do you have it on, on your list of Um it's in my list, but uh what 
one of the scenes they have the 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 meeting of the minds, and it it starts out hysterical because you have like eight generals and admirals Scientist. and scientists, and they end up sitting down in a room that's not big enough for a a card table, and they're climbing over the table, and they sit down, and they're trying to explain everything. And um, uh, what does he say? He says it's attack of uh, the, the they have the Japanese scientist who's the genius, and he's mm-hmm. really Japanese looking. But then when he talks, he sounds just like this. So there's because it there's, was over because yeah. it was overdubbed. His voice was overdubbed. And, and he says he says something along the lines of, um, "We've got these um, we've got these killer fags." And the guy <laughs> sitting next to him says, "Well, what what he means to say is fruits." <laughs> and then a second later, they say, "Make sure you go out when you go outside. You grab your jacket. There's a jap in the air." And another guy goes, well, "What he meant to say was there's a nip in the air." <laughs> And you had to have me explain that one to you. Yeah, and, and, yeah. Um, in World War II, there was one of the slangs that uh, American soldiers would call Japanese soldiers were, were nippers. Jesus. Um, I, I, I know where it came <laughs> from. It's pretty bad. Yeah. Um, so we won't go into yeah, it. Yeah, please it, don't. It, it, is, it is. I mean, it's an offensive term, but I, I guess there was a lot more that was accepted back then. You know, you probably wouldn't get away with that in a movie today, but, uh, you right. know, I, I don't know. And one of the sidekicks is when, obviously, when it, you, people have to climb over the table, and when they got up, they bump things and stuff like that. So when the scientist, the Japanese scientist, got up to do his presentation, he bumped the wall, and off the wall came a picture of the USS Arizona, and it fell into the, the fish, fish tank, tank. which... <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, so they gave one back, you know what I mean? Um, you know what? I, I have to look that up. I don't know if that term is from Vietnam or if it's from World War II, but mm-hmm. I know, I know that I know that it was uh, pretty widely used by the Allies mm-hmm. in, in, in at least World War One. I, I, I'm, I think I, I'll look it up at break. I'll figure it out. Let me write, let me make a note here. I mean, the things that I think that. Um, you, you have to really pay attention to catch. Um, one of the things was, I mean, obviously you've got during not only the credits, the opening credits, but throughout the movie, you've got like um, signs for ad space here call, you know, and then you've got the, what was it? A carpet installation yes. ad <laughs> running along the bottom like a they t- had the, ticker tape. They had the crawler going along the bottom during the, the big battle scene where they were like, oh, Jesus, come buy all our stuff, going out of business, blah, 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 because <laughs> the whole world's fighting. I mean, Right I mean, past uh, route fi- uh, exit five. On, the, yeah. the, biggest, the biggest problem with this movie to me is, is that those jokes were funny, but they, they became so few and far between as the movie went on. I mean... The, the the movie with or the the scene that you referred to with the car chase, right. essentially they're chasing each other. Mason Dixon is chasing what ends up being the Secretary of mm-hmm. Defense or whatever it was. Right. He wasn't the Secretary of Defense. He was the sec. He was the so speaker. He was, he was spe- a press secretary. Press secretary, and basically both their cars break down to where, not like they won't drive, but almost like you're stuck in like first gear, and they're chasing each other to where one of them could have literally got out and ran the other one down, um, and and they make it funny. Because instead of doing that, they just continue to drive in their cars. For, right. Instead of it, getting out and yeah. running up now, to catch you. <laughs> that would have that would have been funnier if you'd have gone like four stoplights. But it went on like like five minutes. It really did go on for for mm-hmm. it just it was just way too long. It was like that joke in a sitcom that they keep 
going and going to and it wasn't a funny joke mm-hmm. after like the first 30 seconds you're like um okay can we you know what can i mean move it along. we just need to move this along yeah it was a funny premise it was right. a funny idea i think they had they had done a bunch of student films the makers had because i did, actually did not talk about who the cast because the cast was a lot of the makers who of uh, it. most of the people in this movie yeah. never went on to act again um <clears throat> let's see the cast does that make you happy or what no, I'm sorry. I was just I, I, clapping I, at I the know. cat because he was scratching something. Um, <laughs> sorry about that. It's all right. Um, okay, so the cast is David Miller, who plays Mason Dixon. Um, George Wilson was Jim Richardson. Um, Sharon Taylor as Lois Fairchild. Stephen Peace as Wilbur Finletter. Ernie Myers as the president. Eric Christmas as Senator Polk. Um, Ron Shapiro as a newspaper editor. And I think that's probably where I'm going to end up because there's a lot of people in this film, which is they basically called it a neighborhood film because that's pretty much how, where they cast it from family and friends and neighbors and all that. Um, so it was Peace um, and I believe Miller um, who were the, the key creators of yeah. this. So um, yeah, so they kind of um, did a lot of student films and I think they were saying that the car chase was something that they did in another film and they really wanted to reuse it again. Um, so they'd done a lot of that. Um, like one of the things in the credits, it says it's based on Tomatoes of Wrath. That's right. <laughs> there's there's but, a lot of a lot of funny jokes in the song and the opening credits. Oh yeah, a lot of. Oh, uh, wasn't there one where um, everybody's name was um, Beefsteak? Beefsteak was somewhere in the name, like one of the screens. It was like you know, assistant editor yeah, yeah. Charles Beefsteak or you know Beefsteak Johnson, something like yeah. that. Yeah, they were definitely doing that. Um, basically. Um, this film was made because I believe it was Miller. Was it Miller? Hold on. It was Dylan. Okay. Um, he, the Tosho studios um, was the 1960s monster movie factory. Okay. So they, they did Godzilla and all these other creature features. And he had been watching um, 1963's Mantego, um, a twisted survival tale about five people who get shipwrecked on an island that's dotted with radioactive mushrooms. Eat one, and you'll be transformed into a violent humanoid fungus. Um, it was never um, saw a theatrical release in the U.S. Sounds like there's good reason. Um, <laughs> but it was on American television every once in a while as Attack on the Mushroom People. So that's kind okay. of how this came to be he doesn't under he doesn't know why he picked tomatoes he just thought it sounded funny i well i mean really if you tomatoes is is like the perfect perfect it's perfect in my Mm -hmm. opinion because who thinks a tomato is i mean you could even like have nolan ryan pitch a tomato at you and if it hits you it's not going to damage you 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 know what i mean (laughs) it's you know you like you hit somebody with a coconut you might get a seed in your eye yeah or a little acid a pineapple maybe a orange orange hurts but a tomato just kind of you know what i mean (laughs) depends on how ripe it is well yeah i didn't say green tomato i said i said tomato um so we start we started this movie out and we were watching we were laughing it laughing and we we were both well aware that it was a very low budget movie okay we we knew it was going to be low budget that's i mean that's just the way it was mm-hmm. so we get about 5 minutes into it and there's a scene right at the beginning where they're all out in like 
and I don't know what you call a grove of tomatoes. Um, it's not an orchard, um, uh, whatever. Patch. The bunch, it's not. It's not even that, and it'll come to me in a minute. I should know this. Um, Vineyard. And, no, that's grapes. But they're on vines. Tomatoes are on the vine. Fantastic. That's still grapes. Okay. Um, <laughs> now I gotta look it up. Go ahead. Yeah. So um, these things are going on, and they're like, "Oh, what's going on?" And you, and you know what's going to happen because you've already seen the one woman get killed by the tomato. Right. But you don't really know what direction we're headed. So the scene the scene opens up, and you've got this hill looking down over all these tomato plants, and there's police officers with guns, and there's like a couple of uh, high ranking officials from the government, and then this helicopter comes flying in, mm. and the helicopter crashes, and I. I'm like, holy shit, that was unbelievable special effects. It, I, I looked at you and I said, my God, for no money. So as I'm watching, I think I think we paused it for a moment. So I just pulled up IMD, IMDb to start kind of looking at the, the, the trivia. And they had rented this helicopter and they actually crashed this helicopter on accident. The pilot was filming the scene, and he dropped the tail rotor too far, and the rotor hit the ground, and he had to auto-rotate it, and he crashed, and it destroyed the helicopter. Well, they had rented it. They had to pay for the helicopter. It cost them $60,000. They paid more for that mm-hmm. than they did for the rest of the movie combined. And the scene there, they quickly ad-libbed that um, to, so that they could actually use it in the film. Right. Uh, the wreckage v- narrowly missed the actors who were playing the the police officers because the, the rotor, the, the, right. the main rotor shattered because um, they're not very strong. They're actually very pretty brittle and and flew just over them and missed the, the, the camera crew by like a few yards. I, I wonder if that did not change the outcome of the movie because one of the things that I noticed watching the movie is in the second half of the movie... Everything took place somewhere that cost them no money. Seriously. Yeah, I'm sure. Like, like, like the, the scene where he's driving the car and he's like driving through the houses and the tomato sneaks up behind him and the tomato sneaks in front of him. I have no idea why you would be driving a car down that road that he was on. It Literally, it was like, where can we go that we won't have to worry about having any traffic control mm-hmm. or filming permits. And I, 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 I feel like they had to, on a on a shoestring, finish the movie because of that crash. Because, I mean, you rent a helicopter, it costs you three or $4,000. Now you have $55,000. you have lost your deposit. Yeah, you have <laughs> $55,000 left over that you can rent hotel rooms or you can rent a banquet hall or you can, you know, put more money into special effects or better cars. I wonder if something like that is not what happened to the to the second half of the movie, because even in the scene <laughs> where the, the all the fighting is going on, <clears throat> and uh, they're like, "If we push them back today, we'll we'll win," and then they get their ass beat, you know, when they see him down the scene or in the street and everything's. If you watch that that three or four minutes of movie, what you see is they took and they filmed everything from three different angles, and they just cut it up. Yeah, it's it's the same thing happened. You're just seeing it from a different angle. Mm-hmm. I wonder if that didn't hurt him a lot. I I, I mean, it yeah. would have had to, right? What was I think? What I read was um, in one of the the interviews that I saw online with the guys that made it after the crash happened. They of course all tried to get the the helicopter pilot out, and, and he was unhurt. 
But then he was like, should I ask him to try to get back near it so I can get him like crawling out? And then he's like, no, no, that's not, that's yeah, not, that's not and what I we guess, should be worried about And right somebody now. brought it up. He's like, oh yeah, yeah, that's a good idea. Let's do that. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> that's funny. Um, I really don't know what to talk about or go into in this movie because it's really, it's really one note. Yeah. There's not a lot of, there's not a lot of like analyzing or. Well, I mean, I, my biggest problem with it is once you got into um you know the his little ragtag team um and trying because i mean he they basically just saddled him up with a bunch of losers right you've got um you've you've got the scuba steve kind of guy scuba steve (laughs) (laughs) i know it's scuba steve kangaroo song um jesus christ i'd forgotten about kangaroo song (laughs) Kangaroo song. Kangaroo song. Kangaroo song. <laughs> <laughs> um, the I the, I keep wanting to call her a gymnast, but she's a swimmer. She was a swimmer. The swimmer, right? And they, I mean, really, what special skills would you need to fight tomatoes with those two things, especially out in the woods? And um, and then you've got the disguise guy, right? And he's probably the funniest of them. Um, <laughs> Because you know he you you see him in different spots where he's got the the team in the car and he's dropping them all off at their sector locations and each time they stop this disguise guy gets out and he's like dressed up as Washington and then then Lincoln and then like the fourth stop where they're trying to get um, lead better what I can't even think of his name now the paratrooper the guy. paratrooper guy who reminded me a lot of the. The guy, um, the the crazy Nazi guy from uh, the producers, the yeah. original producers, yeah. not the, um, yeah, Finn Letter, um, and you've got, he reminded me of the neighbor got, on the Jeffersons, yeah, the tall white guy, mm-hmm. that the British one that if you just put oh. like if you just put like motorcycle goggles on, and that's who he reminded me of. Oh, really? Even though he didn't okay. have a British accent, yeah. Um, but anyway, so you've got Sam Smith, the disguise expert. So by the time they pick him, uh, Finletter up, he's because uh, you know, Sam is a rather tall black man. He's dressed up as Adolf Hitler. <laughs> And he doesn't even have a good German and he doesn't have a good, uniform like on. Yeah, he's like Autobahn. Um, <laughs> you know? I mean, and it's, and it's silly and stuff like that, but you're like, oh, God, cringe quality here, right? Um, and But he manages to fool uh, Finletter, so that's fine. I but, just thought it was hysterical that he went from Washington to Lincoln to Hitler. To, yeah. Uh, that, I, that, I thought that was funny, <laughs> you know, because he could have gone Reagan. or well, Actually, he wouldn't have had Reagan yet. Um, yeah. Uh, Carter Nixon yeah Nixon you could yeah. but he went he went to Hitler yeah and, well I and, think that's the, the disparity you've got a, a, and, a minority and, just up as and we, one we, of the biggest racists yeah ever. did we did we <laughs> fail to mention that the gentleman was black yeah so yeah um so that's you know that the, they obviously were pulling out on the stops on that one but I just think like the Sam Smith he was the only one that you really had you could do things with as far as him in, infiltrating the tomatoes dressed as a t- large tomato. Um, <laughs> but um, the other two were just like ridiculous. I, I didn't think Finn Letter was funny at all. No, he, um, I, 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 I did not like his character. I, you know, that was in, and the, the most ridiculous go nowhere story was um, Lois, who's the reporter, right? There's but nothing. But they fell in love. But there, she adds nothing to this. It's just she. There was no. 
she had no real role in helping out. She was just kind of there. Like, so they could do that silly little love song at the end, you know, where he sings the girl parts and she sings the guy parts. And, and we're not, we're not talking about the Paul McCartney song either. Oh, oh silly little. <laughs> yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> now it's going to be stuck in my head. You bastard. Well, it's what you get. You bastard. Um, so, you know, those types of things, had they had that been a little tighter and stuff like that. And then, of course, you get this horrible, horrible scene where, um, oh, what's his face? Uh, Richardson, who's the press secretary, has to go to mine. Was it wasn't mine vendors? It was mine masters. Mind. Oh, the uh, the uh, marketing the, the, agency. Yeah, the advertising agency. I've um, I've blocked the, that out of my. Yeah, it's that's a painful. It's a very painful. Scene. Really bad. Um, really bad. Let me see if I can. And find that, that to me is where the movie turned. Mind Makers was it? Mind Makers. Hold on. I'm looking it up. Why are you looking it up? You should have looked this up before. I don't. I just. I'm kidding. Have time to do my notes. I know. It's, I know. I'm just I kidding. Just, I'm, I'm letting. I'm you kidding. Down. Mind Makers, yes. The fictitious ad agency Mind Makers. Um, that song was so bad. Really bad. It could so not have bad. made it onto a Justin Bieber album. That's how bad it was. Mm. Oh, it, oh. And I think about halfway through it, I looked at you and said, uh, is there more of this? <laughs> yeah. <'Cause laughs> I was like, is this going to be we're over We're going to have to turn this shit off. Because <laughs> this is not good. Um, and that wasn't the only other m- song, you know. No, there was there was three songs. There was three songs. There was that song, which was absolutely horrible. Right. And you know what? Maybe it would have been funny if the person that they had singing it actually sang it and didn't talk it. You know what I mean? It was one of those yeah, types of songs. it was like, like so funny. Oh, here I am. I'm going to say I got something real cool. I mean, Look at me. Know. I'm wacky and yeah, I'm you're, crazy. And I'm you're like, not yeah, Ryan yeah, Stiles, uh, dummy. You're not Ryan Stiles. Oh, Ryan Stiles would have been great He would have crushed it. He would have. Um, the second it. song The second song they had was when the the um, the soldiers were singing that one song and he was talking about how we gave, we gave them, them Alabama, Alabama, but they, they gave, gave it, back. it right back. Yeah, <laughs> that, that, one, that one was amusing. It was not well placed but it was amusing yeah and then of course there was the song at the end between mason dixon and lois that was just absolutely horrible and yet still better than the song that the mind maker guy sang yeah um you know they tried to do the thing where they make the joke like you said where he sings her part and she sings his part for a moment but it was just it was obvious that they did not have elton john write music for this thing yeah um okay so there is a joke that neither you nor i would have uh, caught in the mind maker scene because um, as he's pitching these worthless ploys about uh, trying to convince the average American housewife that the tomato that ate your dog is not a problem. Right. Um, that he lifts up this bumper sticker with STP and calls it the stop tomato program, which we know STP is for the oil. However, what they were trying to do, it was a reference to a campaign called Whip Inflation Now. And it had a win slogan, right? So, and they had the decal, decals and bumper stickers. So he just kind of, they kind of pulled the STP bumper sticker because those were everywhere in the 70s. Um, so yeah, Richard Petty. Richard Petty. Petty. Okay. One of Richard Petty's I, big sponsors oh, was STP. Yeah, yeah. I just remember my brother had one of those stickers, and I, he put it on like he had a, uh, had it on the end of his bed, like the frame, and that did not make my mom happy. But 
Whoops. Anywho. Yeah. Just a little color. A little color. A little color. Um, <sighs> Let's go back to the crack team. The team of crack users. Okay. So <laughs> they, gave him, they gave him the paratrooper, the disguise guy, the scuba Steve, scuba Steve, and the swimmer who the had swimmer. who had the body of a of a, of a west a, of a, a west Russian German gymnast, um, yeah. no, a west German weightlifter. Okay, yeah, okay, there you go. The best way that they could use the swimmer was they put her on a hill in the forest. <laughs> I, I, you know what, I, I, if they would have given you something good and like tried to do something like where the people would have died like stupidly, like mm-hmm. like they were commando or something. Right. I don't know where they were going with that, and there's a part of me that says. They either just wanted to have a team that was just had been given to them by the press secretary, right? To to fail to, to fail to fail. It was so ludicrous. Um, or if it was just funny that the West German or the West German swimmer or German swimmer um, died while karateing tomatoes. Yeah, see, I didn't find that funny at all. You know, and even the part at the end, you know, where she or at the end at the end of her scene. Because obviously she got she got killed by one of the largest tomatoes. Um, you've got Finletter slashing through the f- shrubbery in the forest, and he finds her, and he says, "Shrubbery," <laughs> and he says to her, "You you've got tomatoes incoming in your sector," and walked away like never even thinking. Be never on the even, lookout. Like, there's tomato activity in yeah, your sector, and she's dead. She's dead, never realizing that she was dead. So it was just. Yeah, I was I'm rubbing my head right now because that was really stupid, really dumb. So the scene where the guy jumps in the fountain and okay. swims, Scuba Steve. they filmed that without a permit. They did a lot of things without asking permission. But yeah. I, it's okay. I can believe that. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, akin to another movie that was made that was a kind of a B movie was Hollywood Shuffle. They did a lot of stuff uh, to make that movie that was illegal. But um, <laughs> I mean, I, but he, he hopped in the fountain and that was it. You didn't see him again. Yeah. He. I mean, they did not even address yeah. it. Now, poor, poor disguise guy. <laughs> now that's the part I remember. Yeah. Now that's if he'd just if he'd just not asked for ketchup, <laughs> he'd have been in good shape. Well, he's sitting around the campfire, and the tomatoes are handing out food. Which, uh, I'll, yeah. What the I'll, hell were they eating? I'll reserve that for I have questions. Oh, okay. Okay. But we haven't done that. And they said, "Do you want a, like a breast or a thigh?" And he says, oh, "I want a thigh." And you know, somebody's like, "Do you want a, like a nose or a, I don't know something ridiculous?" Um, that he realizes that it's humans, right? That they're eating. Um, and then they kind of abandon that, and it is a long time before you come back to him, still sitting around that campfire. At, and then he asks, you know, does anybody have any ketchup? And of course, that that was his doom. Um, because I think I think exact the exact words were, "Hey, does who who has the ketchup?" Uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that I do remember from the first time that I saw it. That and the and that and it 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 got Timmy. Um, it got Timmy in the beginning when the attacks start happening. Oh my God, that got, was hysterical. You got the woman that um, the tomato comes out of the garbage disposal and attacks her, and another guy drinks tomato juice and dies. And then you have the Jaws attack, but there's one where you've got an old man and an old woman sitting on a couch, and they're like, "Oh my God, I didn't know they grew tomatoes that big." Yeah, look at it go. Oh, oh, it's got Timmy. And I guess um, that was supposed to be their grandson or something. Their grandson yeah. or something like that. Because later when Mason Dixon's talking to him about their experience, he says, hey, you, you, you don't need a new, used crib, do you? 
that that was fun. The, both of those both of those jokes were very very funny. Um, yeah, it was funny. I, I did uh, in, enjoy those very much. Yeah, I think I think the the downfall of this is you know a in that style they to 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 borrow from a phrase they're throwing as many tomatoes at the wall to try to see what sticks for this. But to me, it was the the silly the pace of the silliness in the beginning of the film does not match the others because they were too busy trying to build a story that was not a very strong story to begin with. So that's, that's kind of it. Cause in the beginning, in those beginnings and when he, when he walks away from um, the old man, that's when he runs into Lois. And then this guy, Lois, somebody walks by Lois and says, Hey Lois. And he's like, Oh, she's like, Oh, Hey Clark. And then you see, then you hear, like, up, up and away. Up, up and away. And the old man that's still standing in the yard is looking up into the sky. Like the, that kind of stuff, like peppered throughout, would have been great because it was so silly. But he was the best actor in the whole thing, that old man. Yeah, he was. <laughs> I, I think. <laughs> so, in the, uh, it's not really in the irony department because, hold on, because it's. Was it wasn't the guy who played the press secretary that became a it was the guy politician. who played the paratrooper. Was, it was the guy who played the paratrooper. So he uh, it was peace, and he found himself working um, as a Democratic legislator on the California State Assembly from 1982 to 1993, and then he was elected to the California Senate, where he remained until 2002. Um, and they said every so often his B-movie roots would prompt a few jokes around the state capitol, such as a time when in 1983 when Peace sponsored a bill that requ- would require California food sellers to put labels reading either vine-picked or artificially ripened on their tomatoes. That's right. You were telling me about that. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, fair enough. <laughs> I, I mean, there is a difference. True. True. So um, the other things about this film um, is, I guess they had um, different. Obviously, they use real tomatoes, and then they made fake tomatoes. Yep. Um, the um, fabricated tomatoes. They tried several ways of creating them, um, and nothing really ended up looking good. And what they ended up making them from was the insulation from old bark cars. Like, old what? But, um, like the public transportation, I guess, in San Francisco. Oh, okay. Um, so they use the the foam insulation. I read they, they made them that. out of foam. Yeah. Yep. So, um, but they also had real tomatoes that they used. So they had what they called stock tomatoes, and star tomatoes. So the star, like the stock tomatoes, were like rotting, blemished stuff like that that they bought in the cheap. So like all the ones they were probably stomping on when they were in the in the San Diego Stadium. Um, were those, but when they had to do like close-ups and stuff like that, they would use a little bit more expensive, non-blemished star tomatoes. So that's yeah, you know, just a little production. A lot of a lot of the tomatoes that they were smashing up at way out after in that final scene were mm-hmm. were green. Did you notice that? Uh, I didn't. There know. was there was a lot of there was a lot of not green like that yellow before it turns red. Like you know, like you're looking at it, you're like ah, that needs a few more days before I cut it up for my sandwich. It was. They weren't, they weren't in good shape. <laughs> oh, jeez. 
So do you, did you have anything that you I, I found really, out I, about this? I really don't because because there was no true production for this movie. Right. You know what I mean? It was just like a, you know a bunch of buddies put making it putting it together, um, and it it didn't have a huge. Um, I don't think it had a huge box office present. I actually have forgot to look the box office up. I got to look that up at break. I don't. There's not. There's not a lot of trivia associated with this. Um, a little bit along the lines of uh, the the final scene. Uh, they paid two hundred dollars to rent out that stadium for the day, and they like inv- a bargain. Yeah. Well, hell yeah. And they invited everybody that they could get that they could invite to show up, and all those people wore costumes that they owned. None of those costumes were provided by the by the movie and but the but that actually is the San Diego chicken before the San Diego chicken was the San Diego chicken it was right when he was starting to make his break all of the military uniforms bought and worn in this movie were bought at like uh uh military surplus stores right <laughs> um other than that there's just not there's not a lot i mean it was 1977 yeah. so well, a piece who the the guy who plays Finn Letter um, got hurt during the, the yes. filming. Um, that's there's a scene where he gets his parachute caught in a car door, um, and proceeds to drag him around. Um, and he was doing his own stunts, and they were they were towing behind the car, and they did he didn't have a mechanism for letting go, um, and they kind of were through going through a practice run, and he crashed into a park truck. And it knocked him out. So they had to like halt shooting and wait for him to kind of come to. Ouch. Yeah. Now, did he clear concussion protocol before they went back to filming or? I don't know. I don't think there was a concussion protocol back then. <laughs> you can see in the scene where he's being dragged behind the car. Mm-hmm. You can see that he's riding on something. Right. Which, I mean, okay. It was 1977. Um, you know, but shit, kudos to him for, you know, <laughs> hey, you guys can drag me behind a car. Um, let's see the, um, let me see. You know what scene I found really stupid, what? really stupid was the one with, uh, Finn Letter and Lois in the hotel room. Yeah. I, that, that was, was, that really, was one of the ones really I was dumb. like, yeah, let's get it. Let's get this part over with. Oh. So dumb. Yeah. And there was really nothing like I get, like, I get that they felt that they had to do it, but it was just like that whole storyline just added nothing to any of it it wasn't funny i mean other than the uh, the one-off superman joke that was just not her funny. interaction with her boss really wasn't even that good yeah yeah that was not not at all good so what i'm trying to find the name of the donny osmond analog who sings puberty love what was what did they say that was from oh he's the guy he's the guy that well, is not the drum the, oh not not the actual guy who sang it the 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 name that they were using in the was ronnie oh i don't know i have no idea it was supposed to be like donny osmond but you obviously was, paid more attention than i did was it was it, it ronnie losmond was it ronnie no, ronnie Cosmond? ronnie desmond maybe i think maybe it, it doesn't matter because that song hurt my ears. It's no wonder it killed the tomatoes. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, as you were about to reveal. Um, Go ahead. DeBello recruited his then 14-year-old neighbor, Matt Cameron, to sing Prebittery Love. And his voice was audibly changing at the time. That's why they did it. 
Um, but for grunge bands, you will know that name because he was the drummer for Soundgarden and uh, Pearl Jam. So he became a superstar. He has warm memories about his horror movie debut. I'm sure he does. And he said it was a big neighborhood project and both his brother and his sister also had cameos in the film. Yeah, there was a lot of family members that had shots in this in this movie uh, because they had no budget for for you know actors and stuff like that. Do you know that the um, Attack of the Killer Tomatoes theme song has been played in space? <laughs> what was it on, like the Mars rover or something? <laughs> no, um, on January thirteenth, nineteen ninety, the original film's operatic theme song was played aboard NASA's Columbia Space Shuttle as a morning wake up call to the crew. It was an inside joke because Columbia was ordered to recover 12.5 million tomato seeds that had been sent into space in 1984. 12 million tomato seeds. 12.5 million tomato seeds. Well, I mean, fuck, at least they were being productive up there. <laughs> oh, hey, look, everybody, tomato seeds don't grow in space. Oh, there's $500 million that the government pissed away. That's pretty cool, though, actually. That's pretty cool. So that's all I have for like trivia. Um, there's a few there's other things much. that when you are, are uh, after you talk about the box office and stuff like that, I'm going to talk about their story with distribution because I guess they they learned a lot and made a lot of mistakes as well. So we can talk about that then. I, I want to uh, discuss real quick the um, the death scene for the press secretary. Okay. After when Ledbetter kills him. Okay. So you had you had Mason Dixon in the chair with mm-hmm. a gun hidden, and he was just trying to get the information out of him. Yep. Ledbetter kicks open the door, mm-hmm. runs across this palatial um, hotel room that they're in, and stabs him with a sword before he's able to shoot back. It was great. <laughs> it was great. It was so realistic. And they didn't even show, like, they didn't even bother. That, that's where their budget was. They didn't even bother to show, like, cheesy special effects of him stabbing him with a sword. They just zoomed in, like, nipple high. And he just like, ah! <laughs> I'm watching it going, you got to be fucking kidding me. <laughs> I mean, at least slide it, like, between his arm and his chest, right? So he can, oh, and you can throw the blood like you did when you were kids. Uh. All right, you want to take a break? Yeah, I think that's about a good time to take a break as any. Hey, guys, this is Greg. And this is Mike. And we are the hosts of the Top 5 for Fighting podcast. It is really a laid-back podcast where we talk about pretty much anything we want to talk about. Movies, fun, fun, movies. And more fun, sports, movies. And this really started with me and Greg getting in trouble talking about this exact stuff at work. So if you want to hang out with your buddies have a good time and talk about stuff that you're going to talk about anyway come 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 hang out with us it's like an evening hanging out with your buddies except we're not able to share our beer because you're not here we are available on spotify stitcher google play and itunes look us up you'll be glad you did okay we're back we're back i didn't research the um the racial name, but I mean, if you're interested, look it up. Yeah, I, I, it's. I, I don't think people would be. Interested. Yeah, probably not. We probably don't want to encourage that. What people to do research? N- no, just to look up. I just wanted to know when it started. Never mind. Okay. I suck. <laughs> I get it. 
You go ahead and finish the podcast. I'll just sit I here mean, and watch. I mean, yes, but I don't know. No, you go ahead and finish. I, I'll just sit here and watch. <laughs> 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 okay. okay. Um, uh, I did learn a couple of things at break. Uh, there was three sequels, apparently. Yes, one with George Clooney. Well, that was his one of his first roles. That was Return of the Killer Tomatoes, I guess it was. Yes. And, and that um, one actually looks like it m- might be funnier. Well, it looks like it might have a little bit of a budget and and mm-hmm. maybe maybe some direction. You know what I mean? Um, maybe. I. I maybe <laughs> i i don't know i mean it with the week you showed me a scene and i was watching the scene thinking why is this funny and then you're like can you believe that's george clooney and i'm like oh that's why you're showing it to me <laughs> all right well it's funny too if you'd seen the scene before it i didn't I, I clicked on the wrong video because in the beginning of the scene they were talking about having to shut down production um because they were running out of money and george clooney comes up with the idea for product placement so throughout the scene you see like hands coming into the shot with a box of cornflakes and stuff like that so that's you that you you were kind of lacking context so yeah matthew david cameron's been the drummer for pearl jam since 90, 1998 uh the three films were return of the killer tomatoes in 1988 killer tomatoes strike back 1990 and killer tomatoes eat france in 1991 um this actually was a uh it was adapted in 1990 as a cartoon show yeah, I've Attack seen, of the Kilometers on, on Fox Kids. I was doing some research and I came across the videos. I did not have time to play them, though, unfortunately. Um, but I might go back and, and, and actually... One of, the, one of the mistakes that I did make earlier in this, uh, in this episode is I said that Airplane had come out a month before. Mm-hmm. Theirs had come out, but that's not the case. They came, it came out a couple months after they released the Attack of the Kilometers and... Basically, the makers looked at each other and said, "Oh, that's that would have been our film if we had a budget." A budget, yeah. yeah. Uh, it was a video game, 1986 video game released for 8-bit computers, <laughs> and then there was a 1991 version for the NES and for Game Boy. <laughs> um, One of the things that uh, happened to a, oh, a, go Greek, ahead. a Greek film has been made as an homage. It's called Attack of the, the Giant Musaka. Musaka, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we were looking. I was Musaka looking. Musaka it to me. Ah, <laughs> I was looking on Amazon because you—that's where Sarah found Velocipaster for us to watch. And I was going through one day because sometimes I just like to see what's on. Um, so that's when I came across was it Sharktopus versus Whale Wolf, something like yeah. that. Yeah, but then you found the better one, and then I found a, the Attack of the Killer Donuts. So. Yeah. And I know that... Bring when, that shit on. I'll be like Homer. When I start... <laughs> <laughs> Keep them coming, boys. <laughs> Attack me and die. Oh. Um, I know when I was in... When I started college, um, they used to play it on a loop in the media center. I guess... I don't know if there were people from my college or different colleges in the area. I think it was a New England based, but there's also um, one called Attack of the Killer Refrigerator. That could get dicey. I always thought it should have been named Lunatic Fridge, but... (laughs) Yes, (laughs) ma'am. Performed by Red Rider BB Gun. (laughs) Lunatic Fridge. Okay. uh, It actually... uh, There was a remake announced in 2008. Yeah. uh, That fell through, but... 
um, in 2018, they released the Steve Peace and Costa Costa Dillon announced a reboot at the San Diego Comic Con, and filming actually began in July of 2019. So, because of coronavirus, we should have that by 2029. We have that to look forward to. Yeah. So, one of the uh, things that they consider their big break is there was a man called Michael Medved, who is a conservative radio host, and he was an author of books. uh, uh, One of them was The 50 Worst Films of All Time, and he also did the Golden Turkey Awards. Um, the makers say it would be misleading to say that the nomination of the attack of the Killer Tomatoes for Worst Vegetable Movie was a, a, a result of intensive or exhaustive research. Um, she, he, they don't think that they even uh, he had even seen the movie, but they were doing a film festival. Um, <clears throat> the world's worst film festivals. And he said, I would love to have attack of the killer tomatoes. And I said, you can have it on one condition that we win. So the fix was in for the worst vegetable film. <laughs> well, it's not like there was a lot of people that were going to get, um, upon its release, variety magazine wrote that the film isn't even worthy of sarcasm. <laughs> uh, that's bad. That's that's bad. Um, I guess I can do box office. Yeah, I mean, you can do box office, then I can talk to you about their adventures and distribution, I guess, afterwards. Okay, that'll work. Okay. Uh, estimated somewhere between one hundred and $160,000 is the numbers we found for the budget. Right. It made $567,000, which, mm-hmm. I mean, that's not much, but that, I mean, it's close to six times its budget, and that was 1978. Um the domestic box office for 1978, according to Box Office Mojo, only has 13 movies <laughs> for the entire year. Number one was Greece. Yeah. $160 million it made in 1978. National Lampoon's Animal House made over $120 million, and then we went Close Encounters, Every Which Way But Loose, Heaven Can Wait, and then the highest money-making sequel of all time until the next year when Rocky II came out. Jaws 2 at $77 million domestically. Saturday Night Fever, uh, Star Wars A New Hope. Only made It only made $30 million in uh, 1978, but it made $307 million overall. So 1979, 1979 was a big year for it. For for Star Wars? Yeah. Episode okay, 4 like, A New Hope. Not, not Attack no, of the Killer. No. <laughs> Superman. I know, weren't they in the top 100 at least? Who? Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. No, there was only 13 movies listed on Box Office Mojo for 1978. Oh. Hmm. So I don't know if they just didn't keep it or if they only have certain numbers or they just didn't bother. Uh, Lord, The Lord of the Rings. Uh, okay. I guess that must have been the animated one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was a pile of garbage. Omen that 2. That scared the crap out of me when I was a kid. A lot of stuff scared you when you were a kid. Yeah, I know. Omen 2, Damien, Invasion of the Body Staffers, and Brass Target. So I, I don't know. But, so it doesn't even rate here at five. The, the bottom one made $5 million. So, I mean, it was, it was a big year for movies. Mm-hmm. This one didn't quite take no. home the cake, but. Oh, it brought the, home the, the pasta sauce. <laughs> they basically said they lost their shirts in distribution. Um, I'm, I'm reading this from Bon Appetit, by the way. Okay. And I'll, I will post the link <laughs> into, the, into the show notes. I just think it's hysterical that Bon Appetit did a Attack of the Killer Tomatoes article. 
um, they didn't pay their bills and they learned later that they were not doing it right. Um, you're supposed to raise a lot of money and then pay yourself a huge portion of it, then make the movie with whatever's left over. Um, but they wanted to have a movie that they liked. So they, um, when they did do distribution, um, they tried to do it regionally because they didn't want to be stuck with a distribution company um, that, you know, might go out of business and now they're worried, uh, you know, about some other stuff. Um, they said, Costa, one of the filmmakers, said um, he has a daily variety printout sheet from 1978 showing they were in the top 100 films at that time. It makes sense. I so mean, it made $600,000. That's where I found it, yeah. Um, they, if you look at the one sheet for the movie, it says at the bottom, distributed by North American International Entertainment, which is the name that they came up with. Um, and they were basically talking to a distributor in Los Angeles, um, and he basically said, you know, that kind of helped them say that you they uh, uh, come up with the plan so oh no he didn't hit that wasn't the wrong guy i'm sorry um he basically said why don't you just take your money in vegas and put it on red <laughs> well tomatoes are red <laughs> um or green you can put it on green too right so basically i think one of the distributors they did deal with basically um helped them figure out the the best way to do it so they ended up owning it um, and it did, they just didn't sell the rights to some, some other distrib- distributor. So that, that helped them in the long run, you know, be able to, to make a recoup lift. their losses by selling it to TVs and TV yeah, and stuff like that. Yeah. I okay. Mean, they debuted and they said they did solid numbers, but the picture, um, uh, obviously Star Wars was really helping. So they said Killer Tomatoes played in the South for years to work off the debt. Fair enough. <laughs> so. I'm sorry, that was not very clear. Well, I mean, this is 1977, uh, which is, I I thought Star Wars was 1977. It made $195 million in 1977. Um, And the next next movie was The Deep at 47 million. Movies didn't make that type of movie, and there's only nine for that, for that, uh, for that year. The Spy Who Loved Me, the Roger Moore, Mm-hmm. Uh, James Bond classic. It only made forty five million in nineteen seventy seven. So, I mean, you 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 spend one hundred sixty million dollars on a movie and you made five hundred sixty or one hundred sixty thousand dollars and you made five hundred sixty thousand dollars. I mean, in nineteen seventy seven, I would have taken that. <laughs> I mean, seriously. Uh, I don't know how much they had to pay to distribute it. I guess that's there was probably not a marketing campaign at all. But he said they were in the top 100 for 1977. Do you think there was 100 movies released in the theaters? 78, in 19- yeah. Okay, do you think there was 100 movies released in the theater in 1978? Um, I don't know. They had distribution in the United States. Um, and unless I did a little bit more research, like, you know, a prepared podcaster would do, I don't know. Well, my point is, my point is if there's only 63 movies released, of course you're going to be in the top 100, even it's if true. you're number 63. <laughs> top 100 in my class. Of course, we only had yeah, we were ninety, people. we were ninety nine, yeah. but yeah, fuck it, and we were top one hundred. <laughs> do you want to? Do you have questions? I do. All right, I do, and and I'm sure this uh, it, this will be easily answered. Um, obviously, you've got that scene that we were talking about where Sam is around the campfire um, having a barbecue. Okay, with the um, the tomato squadron. 
Um, and they're supposedly eating human flesh, right? I think that's what they're leading up to, yeah. Yeah, but then they talk about, you know, the tomato eating Timmy and all that stuff. But the, the bodies that you see that have been attacked are fully intact when you see it on screen. So which is it? Hmm? Which is it? Maybe the small tomatoes can't eat. Maybe they just kill. That might be and it. And the big tomatoes are eating. Maybe they only eat little pieces. Or maybe they just didn't have the budget to do any kind of special effects. Uh, I'm sure they didn't have the budget <laughs> to do special effects. I thought it was funny that never once did they show the tomato actually doing any damage to anybody. No. You know what I mean? It's but just it, like, oh, look. It, it did a little rubble, rubble, rubble. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> you know, we did forget we did forget the Jaws parody scene to talk about that. Yeah, I mentioned that the, the, there was yeah. a Jaws parody scene. That was that was kind of funny. bobbing in the water. Yeah, that was kind of funny, but... Um, I, I, you know, I don't know. I, I, I don't, I don't, this is one of those movies that you can't look at and go, oh, how, how did the tomatoes know where they were going? Because they didn't have any <laughs> eyes. And, you know, what are they, what are they doing in the back streets? When they, how, how did they take down a car? Why, <laughs> why, why are you able to stomp on them uh, and smash them, but you, the military can't see, you know, I mean, it's just, you know, it's just, <laughs> it's just one of those. Okay. Oh. Steve right. Uh, Steve Peace is now a senior advisor to the owner of the San Diego Padres. Okay. That's interesting career trajectory. Well, he's not very good because the Padres have sucked for a long time. Yeah, but still interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Did you have any questions? Yeah, why'd you make me watch this? <laughs> <laughs> I already told you I have no, no answer. I <laughs> no, I, I not really. I mean, gosh. This film cannot be analyzed. I I have a question. Mm -hmm. Why the fuck did they try and make it a musical? <laughs> I don't know. I think that they probably like they just tried to put as much into it as like they had. I think they borrowed like they. I was reading in this article that they borrowed a lot of money from friends and family. They raised the money, and then after they were running a um, production company where they would um, film. Um, school football games okay and then you know the next day get the film over to the coach and and all that so they had a little bit of a business on the side so they didn't really get into production um and i pretty you know they said they had a lot of awkward christmas dinners and you know before they could get to production so yeah. my guess is you know uncle jimmy wanted to do a song and dance and you know Maybe. <laughs> if if this movie if this movie had been seventy minutes long, mm -hmm. do you do you think it would have made it better if they'd have cut out some of the like the lowest storyline and yeah I think a lot of the stuff um, it could have been streamlined for it to be a lot better funny I would love to I would have loved to seen what the student film looked like um, obviously it's not as long so you would probably get a little bit more down there do you think that they had a script. Or do you think that they were just kind of flying by the seat of their pants? I think a little bit from column A and a little bit from column B. Seems right. Okay. But, uh, let me see. I don't think I have anything else. Um, eh, that is it happens. Require. I mean, they can't all be four and a half hours long. <laughs> you want to do top three? Uh, yeah. You want to start? Yeah, I'll start. Okay. Um, that thing's got Timmy. 
Yeah. It's got it's got to be in there, right? Oh my god, it's got Timmy. Um and it's like funny if the funny thing about that is like they they just don't like yep. Yep. Yeah, like not Yeah, nah. there's no reaction. It's just like, "Oh, it's got Timmy." Yeah, I, li- literally like, <laughs> yeah. "Okay, well, yeah. is Jeopardy still on?" Um <laughs> the the meeting where they were crawling over the table and talking and discussing and all the wordplay and mm-hmm. everything. That was the best part of the movie. I, I think I laughed multiple times. Um, the the my best my favorite scene and, and I did it wasn't when I saw it but after learning everything about it was the helicopter crash. Just the fact that, wow, <laughs> you know what I mean. It's not really my favorite scene. I just don't have another favorite scene. I was just I was really it because, but it did seriously impress me when I saw it. I I. I think I literally leaned up in my chair and went, holy shit, that is some really good special effects. I think I said that to yeah, you. Yeah, uh, well, they say that they they get that, they got that a lot when they were filming it because they thought, oh, wow, this yeah. is just a B-movie. Look holy crap, is, you got Spielberg on set? <laughs> What's going on? And, and uh, th- I mean, I just was, I was shocked. I really was. Okay. Okay. You were three. My three. Um, well, you took the Timmy one, so I, I like the the little Timmy. Timmy. Um, I looked at I. You I guess be the, Timmy too. T- no, I don't want to do the same one. No, Timmy the sequel. Timmy two. Yeah. Timmy two. <laughs> Timmy. Um, I I like the the. You should have said Tommy. That's true. Um, this the Superman gag was okay. was was kind of got a little tee out of me um the the one that i had mentioned earlier where you they're walking down the hall of this government building and the guy comes out of the lab like his eyes are burning and is running toward the you know the fountain the water fountain i i'm like sorry i i keep skipping over my words because as a new englander it's like taking every ounce of my energy not to say bubbler <laughs> i don't know what the hell that is a bubbler that's what we call water fountains. I know what it is, but I'm not going to acknowledge that it's a, a word that actually exists. <laughs> the, if so, I remember correctly, there were two or three things that happened as they were walking down that hall. Mm-hmm. Wasn't there when they were walking? There was there was the the guy that needed to rinse his eyes, and some, there was some, two, some guy asleep that was leaning up against the wall. But the guy runs out, runs yeah. towards the water fountain, and just as he getting there some other guy steps in front of him and starts drinking and he's got to sit there waiting patiently while his eyes his eyes are burning so my hair that's too he hits my hair i work on my hair and he hits it um i don't know if i got a third it's hard this was a stretch it's um, hard what else made me chuckle there was something kind of kind of silly and I can't think well, of the, it was. him going from Washington to Lincoln to Hitler was pretty doggone funny. Yeah, I, that wasn't it. Um, it was just one oh, of those well, silly it, little backgrounds. It was one of those silly little background things where somebody just does something while the main is going on. But I gotcha. I'm sure if you watched it, we'd find it. In, but... typical, in typical airplane fashion. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So unfortunately, I don't have three. The one that I did, like, I guess I'll I'll just pull the one about asking for the ketchup because that's the one that I remembered the most. That and the Timmy. Um, so good enough. There we go. Then good enough. There we go. Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. The scene was actually pretty funny um, when uh, the press secretary was trying to kill Mason Dixon the first time he had the pistol. Okay. And he and shot just... at him four times and he hit four other people and killed him. That was kind of funny. 
All right. There's a lot of decent jokes in this. It right. just, there wasn't enough. The The jokes were very good, but they didn't make up for everything else, in my opinion. You know what I mean? It was yeah. just like, like if you'd had, if you'd had a coherent story mm-hmm. that at least ebbed and flowed, I could have been on board with it a lot more. Yeah. I, I kind of feel the same way, and maybe maybe you get a little bit more of the tomato, but I, I I do know that in the subsequent attack of movies, there is a an actual villain um, and a reason and an explanation for why the tomatoes are good attacking. enough. Sounds good to me, <laughs> for lack of better. So, okay. would you watch this again? I wouldn't sit down to watch it. No. Okay. If it was on in the background, maybe. Like if I'm, you know, if I would just put it on, I wouldn't sit down and watch. I mean, it was, it just wasn't, it wasn't good enough. Yeah. It, it was, I'm glad I've seen it. Mm-hmm. Um, if somebody says I've never seen it, I'd be like, well, if you don't have an hour and a half that you ever want to get back, <laughs> go ahead. You, you'll chuckle. I mean, you'll laugh. You'll, you'll chuckle a few times, but it's not, it's not airplane by any stretch of the imagination. It's not even Airplane 2, and that's saying something. That's bad, right? Yeah. Um, I guess Tim Burton stole a lot for Mars Attacks from Attack of the Kill. I saw a lot of that, yes. Uh, I mean, the idea about how the song kills him and stuff like that. It it was very... After seeing this, it's very apparent where Tim Burton got his idea for Mars Attacks from. (laughs) In fact... Uh, I, I it wouldn't surprise me if they were able to sue. Well, maybe that's how they got the money for the one they're doing now. Who maybe knows? I don't know. Who knows? All right. Um. All right. So I guess, unless you have anything else, I unfortunately I don't. This was just not a meaty. There's not a lot to analyze. Was it beefsteaky. It wasn't beefsteaky enough. Nope. Roma? Nope. Plum? Nope. Cherry. This one's a cherry. Uh. That joke was pretty funny, too. <laughs> okay, so I have a question. Yes, you do. And Should I be scared? No, you shouldn't be scared. Okay. Unless the first word out of my mouth is earnest. Mm, that's true. But even then, you shouldn't be scared because if I was going to have you watch an Ernest movie, it's only one of there's only two Ernest movies that I would have you watch, and they're both really good. Okay, I enjoy them very much. Uh, okay, all right. So, so uh, let me ask a question. Well, fucking ask. What I've been waiting for twenty minutes to have me watch. Okay, um, we're going to go out on a limb a little bit. It's mm. a movie that I've seen twice, but I haven't seen it in a long time, and I really enjoy it. The two times I watched it. It's a. Uh, it stars John Cusack and Manny Driver. Oh. It's called Gross Point Blank. Okay. Yeah, I've never seen it. And there's somebody else in it too. That's a surprise. I'm not going to ruin it. But um, I was thoroughly impressed the first time I saw this movie. It completely flew under my radar. And I had a friend that told me, "You got to watch. It, you got to watch. It, you got to watch it." And I was always like, "Yeah, whatever." And he always told me to watch all this weird shit. And mm-hmm. every time I watched it, I'm like, "Damn, that was good." So uh, we're going to watch Gross Gross Point Blank. Okay. Yeah, I think that works. Oh, hello, kitty. Oh, it'll work. Oh, it'll work. Will it? It'll work hard. I I don't know. (laughs) Does that even make sense? Maybe? I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) 
the stop it will work as efficiently as the stop tomato program good good all right which means we're fucked (laughs) (laughs) somebody's getting rich yeah yeah okay all right so now is the time of the podcast where i have to pimp us out huh pimp away pimperella pimperella oh wait a minute cat butt in my face move thank you so so what is it 2 (laughs) a.m day is incomplete without a cat butt in your face okay so if you would like to follow us on social media um i promise we'll we'll get a little bit more active when uh, when i get this quarantine lull out of my system you can follow us on twitter and on instagram at honey watch this and you can also follow us on our facebook if you so choose um, please subscribe. We are anywhere you can find podcasts. If you would like to rate and review us on, if you're listening to us on, I almost said iTunes, Apple podcast is the correct terminology for that. If you're listening to us on Apple podcast, yeah, give us a shout, rate, review. Um, if you have uh, movies you want us to watch, if you are a, another podcaster and you would like to guest, um, more than happy to have you on if you want to suggest a movie for us to watch and then you can come on and talk about it. Just kind of slide into our DMs on any one of our socials. Uh, if they want to follow you, honey, where are you, where are you at? Are Who, you me? at? Are you not adding anymore? I am, uh, yeah, you can follow me uh, at gbishop72 on Twitter. I don't tweet a lot. Um, I, I just... Just I, angry, I angry no, rants it, it, to it, the state of florida yeah sometimes uh i i've given our governor a little bit of shit lately um uh, it just i haven't tweeted a lot just because i mm-hmm. you know time and i don't have a lot of followers um right. uh if you would like to check out top five for fighting which is the other podcast that i do ah, um, pimp the pimp the other yep, one yeah uh you, you've got that and um you can go to t- um uh top five for fighting on facebook or yeah top five fighting or fighting on twitter or instagram on twitter but um, I don't I don't do a lot on social media just because, uh, you know, to- social media is tough right now. It's really it's really tough. You can't really say anything without pissing off half of the people that follow you. So I just kind of, as we like to say, put our nose down and grind. Well, that's that's why I just post pictures of the podcasts. I figured that's perfect, not polarizing perfect. at all. Yeah. So if you want to see the cats that are causing us such grief while we're trying to record you can uh you can see them on um, my instagram which is at um marketing underscore angel and uh you'll get to see those little fuzzy fuzzy brats yep. so and that's uh that's it for this one if so, you if you are a person that would like to join us to do a movie um or a podcast please give us recommendations uh we have had one of those already it was velocipastor Yep. I guess it went okay. <laughs> we are hopefully when when Sarah gets off the road with the three kids, um, we uh, we will we'll, we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll have, figure we'll have out what we want to do. We a, might do Attack of the Killer Donuts. Who knows? She's a lot of fun to be around. So that did that. It worked out perfectly. So uh, that's all I got. All right. So uh, thank you very much for listening. Um, I, we've. Uh, We've seen some spikes in in the downloads, so we're really, really, really happy that you're listening to us and uh, welcome you aboard, and uh, thank you so much. Have a wonderful week. Be safe. Love each other. Bye.